Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. A hat trick and a win edition of Flyers Daily. Over to Farabee, cuts in front, and the return pass. Gustafson into the goal buff, then Lawton scores. Scott Lawton finally finds the garbage in front. Got to go to the dirty areas. He did. He's got his second goal of the year, and the Flyers are on the board. Push back in front. Here's Lawton with a shot. He scores! And he's got his second goal of the game. Scott Lawton, his second and third goals of the season. And Philadelphia has tied the game at two. Flyers back in, brought in front. Here's Haig with a shot. He scores! Robert Haig drives one through for his first goal in 21 games. And the Flyers get the game tied again, this time at three. Shot missed to Denton, chasing it down back into the Washington net. Here's James Van Riemsdyk. He scores! Van Riemsdyk goes upstairs in the corner for his seventh goal of the year. What a start for JVR, and the Flyers take their first lead. It's 4-3. Braun shot in front, and chopped at the net. Gouturier scores! Sean Gouturier, his first game back after missing 10, and he's got his first goal of the season, and the Flyers take the lead 5-4. Out in center race, and on the move comes Scott Lawton with two goals. He's got a man going to the net. Loose puck, Lawton scores! His first career hat trick, and Scott Lawton has given the Flyers some breathing room. Here in the third, the Flyers take the 6-4 lead. Snapped it through, that hit a skate in front. Still free, but Couturier finds it. And John Couturier puts it into the empty goal, his second goal of the game. And the Flyers are going to beat the Caps. It's now 7-4. And welcome into your Monday, February 8th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers coming off a 7-4 win over the Washington Capitals, first of two. A two-game set in D.C., and the Flyers come away with a big third period where they were tied headed into the third period and no squandering the lead that they got in this third period. Uh, what did they do? They built on it. They got the lead early in the third period with a player who returned to the lineup. Yes, Sean Couturier. Huge for the Flyers. Just 31 seconds into the third period, he scored the go-ahead goal to make it 5-4. to four. And the Flyers would not look back in the game, and they would secure the two points in the standings and move into a tie, at least points-wise, at the top of the East Division with the Boston Bruins. Now, just 31 seconds into that third, Couturier broke that tie uh, with a goal that was assisted by Justin Braun and Michael Roffel. And then at 17:51, a little bit of breathing room as Scott Lawton picked up his fourth goal of the season, third goal of the game, and it gave him the hat trick. And through just 13 games so far this season, Scott Lawton now becomes the third flyer this season to record a hat trick. Travis Konechny scored one early in the season, and then uh, last week it was Joel Farabee. Now it's Scott Lawton with a hat trick. Couturier also picked up an empty net goal. Flyers got other goals in the game from James Van Riemsdyk and Robert Haig. Haig with an important goal to tie the game at three. And then Van Riemsdyk at the time gave the Flyers their first lead of the game. Another multi-point performance for James Van Riemsdyk. But he continues to just absolutely pour it on this regular season. He has been tremendous. And it's not only in the offensive zone. He's been good in the neutral zone. He's been good in the defensive zone, and he continues to lead this team in points. He's got 18 points now in 13 games, does JVR. Seven goals and 11 assists. Six up on the second place highest point getter. That would be uh, Jake Voracek. Joel Farabee now with 12 points in 13 games. 
and Claude Giroux with 11 points along with Kevin Hayes in 13 games as well. But uh, boy, Farabee's been really good as well. And Joel Farabee, by the way, uh, was a plus three in the game as well. Had three assists, uh, making his third game of the season of three or more points. And per the NHL stats and information, he's the first flyer to record three or more games in a season with at, at least three points before his 21st birthday, all the way back to Justin Williams. He did so back in 2001-2002. I'd say that the jump that Farabee made year one to year two has been pretty pronounced. He's off to such a great start and no signs of letting down. He's been tremendous for the Flyers. And that line, Scott Lawton, Joel Farabee, and James Van Riemsdyk, they've just been on an absolute tear piling up points. But the big news was getting back Sean Couturier, again, who's, who recorded two goals and an assist in the game. Elaine Vigneault initially put him on that fourth line with Michael Roffel and Nicholas Albay-Kubel to kind of ease him into the game. Michael Roffel, as, as a byproduct of playing with Sean Couturier and playing really well himself, he was a plus four as well, tying a career high. And uh, James Van Riemsdyk had a goal and an assist, extending his now scoring streak to eight games where he's got four goals and nine assists for 13 points in those eight games. And he now has uh, seven goals and 11 assists for those 18 points through the first 13 games of the season. Flyers will be back in action coming up Tuesday night at 6 o'clock against Washington once again. And uh, we do have a player in the Flyers in Travis Sanheim who was scratched from the game. The NHL PR uh, Twitter handle did put out a, a, a statement regarding the Flyers and the game today. And it reads as follows. It says, as a result of the Philadelphia Flyers entering the league's COVID protocol earlier today, a decision was made by the NHL's and NHLPA medical experts to have all Flyer players, coaches, and staff receive POC tests in advance of this afternoon's game versus the Capitals. After all tests were returned negative, the leagues, the NHLPAs, and clubs' medical groups determined that it was appropriate to play the game. So we'll, we don't know if Travis Sanheim has tested positive. We don't know if Travis Sanheim was exposed or uh, what the the level is is of this uh, situation. It's going to be monitored, obviously, over the next couple of days, and, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, but the Flyers and the Capitals obviously played the game today, and uh, they determined it was safe to do so and appropriate, and the Flyers came away with a win. Where this goes, we'll keep an eye on that story for sure. But joining us right now, we wrap up every week of the schedule with Bill Meltzer to week in review and kind of look ahead as well and talk about what we've seen over the past week. And he joins us now. You read his work on NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It's Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? Uh, we are, we're doing well. You know, the uh, <laughs> Flyers came up with a big two points today, uh, you know, over the cap. So that's uh, two two very needed points after what happened against Boston. And I think the biggest takeaway, too, because it is a result-oriented business, you know, at the end of this year, you want to be in that top four in the division. Flyers have an eight-point cushion in the in their in the over the cutoff right now. There are some some games in hand, but when you know, for all all we talk about process, it, it is ultimately about results. So, I mean, the Flyers have at least points-wise put themselves in, still in a good position, even with the losses to Boston. Yeah, and they're at the quarter pole basically of the season here too. Yeah. So it, it's an it's an important position to be in um, because imagine the alternative: you can play great and and be in a bad position from the standings, and then you're chasing it, and and that's when really breakdowns and process can when you get desperate. Um, so so all things considered, it's it's a very solid start to the season. But let's start off with a player who returned to the lineup uh, in the game against the Capitals in Sean Couturier. He he played just over 20 minutes total season prior to the game, missing 10. 
going out two shifts into the second game of the season against the Penguins. It feels like an eternity ago. Sure uh, but even though Coots was just a, a fourth-line center, he's not just a fourth-line center. He played over 15 minutes in the game. And the effect of him in the lineup changes a, a, a thousand dynamics to the team. Oh, exactly right. You know, and, you know, obviously the two goals today were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the first of which put the Flyers ahead to stay. The second one was the long-distance at the neck goal. But, you know what, he, he won a couple draws. He won some battles to get pucks out. It, it's, uh, you know, we, I mean, it, it, to me, it's not a coincidence that once the Flyers went ahead in the third period, as chaotic and as wide open as the game was before then, the Flyers held held the Caps to five shots until the very end when it was kind of kind of meaning you know, and a meaningless flurry because already at that point they had a three goal lead. So, you know, it it, it was actually a pretty good closeout. I, tr- I truly think that those three games against Boston, the Flyers would not have lost all three of those. They maybe even won two of them. You know, if Katori had been healthy and in the line, but that's what he means to the team. He he's one of those guys who just brings order to so many different aspects of the team's game. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. You don't just put another guy in and go next man up for a guy that checks those boxes of PK, power play, point-per-game player, a great 200-foot player that shuts down the opposition's top line. It, you just it, it's, it's cool and all to say, hey, next man up, and but when you're dealing with Sean Couturier, he's the team's most valuable player, and yeah, well, you for see sure. the They're, effect. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, coming into the year, You'd say there were two players the Flyers absolutely could not replace over, you know, maybe you could plug a guy in for a game. I mean, one of them being Couturier, the other one being Ivan Provorov. Yep, absolutely. And they, you know, they, they were 10 games without Couturier. And, you know, they, they, you know, I mean, as ugly as it was at times, I mean, you know, they, they kind of did what they needed to do. And, and now, he's, now he's back. There's still a lot of other things that need, you know, that, that need to get better. Um, but uh, that, that, that's just a huge, you know, that's just a huge return to life. You can't, you can't overstate how important he is. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's talk about, uh, you know, the Flyers, like a lot of teams, are uh, having players come in and out of the lineup uh, due to injury. A lot of teams are dealing with COVID protocols. The Flyers had a touch of that with Shane Gossespierre earlier in the season. Uh, we don't know what the undisclosed situation is with Travis Sanheim. Uh, he's listed as day-to-day, so I guess that element of it is the listing of day-to-day is a good thing. Yeah, I, I, it is. Uh, you know, it, it's undisclosed at this point, and that—that's where you know my little bit of concern is here because, you know, if it was an injury, they'd say upper body, lower body, day to day, and where they could just generically call it illness. You know, if, it, if it, so, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see what it is. Um, you know, I, it's uh, it, it is it is at least a hopeful sign that it was day to day and not simply undisclosed because then then you really worry. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, the other part, too, Phil Myers returns back into the lineup, um, plays well. Robert Haig picks up an important goal. Um, but let's talk about Scott Lawton because <laughs> you get your third hat trick of the season, just fourteen or 13 games in now. Um, you're talking about Travis Konechny had a hat trick early. Joel Farabee's had a hat trick this season. And now you got another hat trick just 13 games in. Do you ever recall three hat tricks coming for one team uh, that quickly into a season? I, I, I do, but I, the, the caveat to that was uh, there were two hat tricks in the same game, oh. <laughs> so that uh, you know. But that uh, yeah, I, I mean that just it just speaks to how you know these are the '80s are back, right? So it's it's uh, a lot a lot of offense, you know. It's uh, 
not not typical, that's for sure. Well, the one thing, Bill, is, and I look at it, and you watch the league, and I watch the league as well, and you see a lot of these high-scoring games, yeah. and eight to five, and it's out of character. And we see scorings up at the beginning of every NHL season, but systems always come in, they clamp down, and we get back to you know three one hockey games and two one hockey games. But this year, there's a lot less practice time. And the teams that seem to be doing well defensively in the league are ones that have either had a disruption in their schedule because of COVID or got a late start because of protocols. Um, it, you know, when you look at it, do, do you see this as a situation that this could be the way this season is a little bit more frenetic overall because of the lack of practice time? I, I absolutely think so. I mean, you know, you can, you can do certain things with video. So only raise awareness with video. You need you know you need to practice practice repetition yeah Yeah, repetition uh you know reinforcing systems just just the just the things that you do in in, in the practice environment when you do it day after day after day you know it becomes it becomes habit and i mean players players are aware what they have to do but you know things happen during games and um you know i i think that i mean going forward I think that you will just simply by the number of games and teams you know, settling in, you know, you'll see more games like the last one with Boston, more two to one games as you get in deeper and, and teams are really having that, you know, when you have that shift in shift out intensity, realizing that any mistake you can make, you know, any mistake you make might, make, might end up in the net. Look, look at the last game, right? That was 27 seconds essentially cost the Flyers that game because they yeah. it did really well all night. But if you take those 27 seconds away, you know, and, you know, at the very least would have been a three-point game. So, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That game, Bill, um, and look, I, Flyers Twitter's crazy, right? They don't play well and they get wins and it's people going bananas. And they can't sustain this, but they sustained it over the first 10 games. Now the process got a little better. They lost a couple games and it's, oh, they can't beat the Bruins. They won't be able to beat the Capitals. They can't beat the top teams. You know, they need to trade for a, a player because they can't beat, to which I responded to a guy and just said, well, how about Sean Couturier? He'd be a good addition to the lineup, yeah. right? Um, and you look at it, and the process over this last week since we last spoke has certainly improved. That's that that is that a, a conclusion we can come to, right? Oh, I know, hundred percent. I thought in about forty minutes of the the first game against Boston, um, you know, they had the, the brutal first twelve minutes, and then they self destruct in the final eight minutes with all those penalties. Yeah, but in those forty minutes in between. Flyers played really well. The Flyers had a good all-around game last game. Again, it was twenty-seven second letdown in what was a one to nothing game. I mean, you can't you can't have you can't have those. You have to be able to at least get a point out of that. But still, you look overall big picture, which was a lot better. And also, you know, also we just had about the third period in this game. That was that was not a bad closeout against a team with a, the firepower that the Caps have. So, you know, I, you you take the two points where you where you can get them. You look you look at the big picture. I, you know, I, I would certainly rather the Flyers be winning some ugly games than than losing a lot more two to one games where you're going well. They just don't have, they just can't score. Yeah, so. I mean the the one game against Boston, the first one where to use your term, they self destructed. They absolutely did in that game because they take the two goal lead in that third period, and then you know the lack of discipline penalties they took place. And uh, I, I'm not one to blame refereeing, and I'm not going to blame it for that game. That was self inflicted. Uh, I always look at team sports as you want to take away a team's strength and make them beat you with their weakness. The yeah. Flyers teed up their strength to lose to it. No, exa- exactly right. I mean, the, the 
Bruins power play came into that game at 30%. They exited at 35%. Yeah. And what's also crazy, we're talking about the offense around the league, you know, is as after that game, the Bruins were still only fifth in the league on the power play at 35%. It, it's crazy. But, yeah. uh, but, no, but it, you know, but if you have a team that, uh, you know, that, that has a strong power play like that, you don't put them on the power play three times late in the game. Yeah. Right? If, if you have a team that's, uh, you know, that, that's, a speed team, you don't get into track meet with them. I mean, it's just it, it's just fundamental. You, you make make the beach, as you said, with their weakness. Just like in just like in baseball, if a guy can't hit breaking balls, you know, don't throw him fastballs. Yeah, you know? it, it's what logic dictates. Um, another player I got to ask you about um, because it just continues. I asked you about him in the first week we did the recap of the week. I asked you about him in the second week. I'm asking you about him again this week because his play has not dropped off in any way, shape, or form. And it's, he's the MVP at the quarter pole, which James Van Riemsdyk. And, Bill, it's not just the offensive numbers. The stuff I'm seeing in the neutral zone, the stuff I'm seeing in the D zone, and it's not just one game where he's making a couple of plays and it's more than he usually makes. No, he's been good in those zones, and he's been good in them repeatedly throughout the season. He has been a huge bright spot for the Flyers, and it's James Van Riemsdyk. No question whatsoever. Um, you look at the first Scott Lawton goal, uh, today or maybe it was the second it started with a defensive play by by van reams like you broke up a play at the blue line um you know uh and i mean that that was a little bit winning winning battles on the walls you know he's uh he's skating really well this year his skating mm-hmm. looks better than it, it did a year ago just just all the little details those have all been all been in place and you know he's getting getting to the net well i mean he's got he's a bunch of tip in goals the goal he scored today um, you know, which Ovechkin misses a shot and, and uh, Javier gets the puck. I mean, that puck is on its edge. It's bouncing. That is a hard puck to shoot. And he got all of it. You know, he, and he perfectly hammered. placed it. Yeah. So. Uh, the, yeah, the redirect goal on uh, Friday against the Bruins, too, was just another absurd hand-eye coordination goal. Uh, let me ask you about that because his skating does look better. And one of the things Elaine Vigneault said at the end of last year is, I can help some of the veteran players and how they prepare and help them, you know, look, as you become a veteran player, you, you change the way you prepare for a season. But I, I watched James Van Riemsdyk skate, and he looks more fleet of foot, balanced on his feet, and and more stable. Joel Farabee for a young guy. Claude Giroux looks like he's got a more efficient stride and looks – uh, more explosive than maybe he's looked in the last couple of years. Uh, is there something to that? Is that my eyes, or are you are you seeing a more efficient efficiency in some of these guys as well? No, I I, I do think that's the case. You know, particularly particularly Davyr. Davyr, when he was a, a young player, was pretty agile for for such a big guy. And then you know they go, okay, well he's in his thirties now, and the, you know last year we're talking about it looks like he's definitely lost the step. You know he's gotten that step back, and you know, I mean, players do prepare differently. You know, sometimes, you know, like sometimes at a point in a player's career, they, they may add five pounds of muscle. Maybe later on you find out, you know, playing five pounds lighter than that is better better for you. I mean, it really it really changes throughout a career. Um, and, I mean, JVR clearly put in the time in the offseason, um, you know, and, and that preparation has, has paid off. And it's also, you know, also it's also in-game awareness too because – you know, uh, there have been times in his career when he's been, I think, rightfully criticized for being a little bit of a one-dimensional player at times. 
Um, that is, as, you, as we've just been talking about, that has not been the case this year. It, it's really it's really been attention to a lot of little details, winning a lot of those one-on-one battles within the game, and uh, you know the rest is getting the net and, and making it pay off. But it, it's uh, you know definitely a credit to him. Yeah, there's been no lack of detail in his game. Uh, one area, Bill, that that is a concern. And we've seen it rear its head at times. Well, the team's had some success on the power play at points this season. At key times, in, including the game against the Capitals, uh, there was a, a four-minute power play where they didn't generate really a whole heck of a lot. Um, it seems like maybe they're searching for some answers right now. There's a lack of practice time, and that's certainly going to affect it. But ha- how do you uh, improve this power play uh, to be a little bit more uh, of a threat with some consistency? Yeah, the consistency is hitting the nail on the head. And the Flyers came in today 10th in the league. So they're in the top third of the league, but, you know, it's been really hit or miss. You know, and when it's off, it seems to be way off where they, yeah. you know, they can't get set up even though they'll get scoring chances. Um, you know, I, it's really, you know, it, it can be different things. Sometimes it's just getting entries into the zone and, and getting getting some puck rotation going. Sometimes it's it's that extra pass. I mean, it's it's a lot of, a lot of different things, but, you know, but they, they definitely need more consistency there. I would personally, you know, I, I like it when they use a double net front look. I like when they throw different looks at teams in, in general. Um, you know, we, I think we all prefer Giroux on the left side to the right, but maybe, you know, maybe occasionally slide them over to the other side. Just, 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 uh, you know, just throw some different looks at other teams. That, that's part of the equation there. And I mean, you know, a big part of it too is, uh, you know, when the the puck goes back up high, you have to get the puck on the net. And with all those shooting, shooting into shin pads, you know, when it either gets cleared or it goes back for, you know, for a transition rush the other way. That was one of the things I, I didn't like today either. Nothing really developed into a great scoring chance. But there were times the puck was coming out and I saw flyers outnumbered, yeah. you know. But, but you got you to back check too if you need to. So just... Uh, you know, uh, a big part of the power play is, you know, outworking the other team and finding the open man. I mean, you do have the numerical advantage. So, you know, they're, they're not doing that. They're, they're not uh, they're not getting in, getting, you know, outnumbering guys of the puck, winning those battles, getting it all, the, all those little details. Not with any consistency, they're not. Again, the overall numbers are fine. Uh, so like over 24 percent coming into today. And you know, you'll take that over a season. But you but you can't have a game. Like where we have a four minute advantage and you do nothing with it. You yeah. can't have uh, you can have a five on three like we had against Boston and do nothing with it. Yeah, uh, and, you know a lot of times you look up at the end of the night, boy, that was a that was a big opportunity missed, and that, uh, that definitely you know they they need they need more of that killer instinct mentality from the power play sometimes. I think. Yeah, that can swing a game on its ear. Um, let's uh, Eric Gustafson. Uh, he was in and out of the lineup, uh, you know, prior uh, the week prior. Uh, he was in it much more consistently this past week, and I haven't seen a ton of complaining about his defense, which means he's kind of like an offensive lineman. If if people aren't mentioning you in that regard, then you probably you, you had a, a pretty good night. Um, he's one of those guys that does get shots through. He's really simple on the power play. Bomb it, find the line, and get it through, and JVR has been uh, kind of the recipient of, of a few of those opportunities. But his defensive game, while he's not going to be confused with, uh, you know, Drew Doughty, uh, he has certainly, you know, paid attention to the detail. He said he needed to be better, and he has been a little bit better. Yeah, when, when he's effective, he has a, you know, he's, he's not going to put anybody through the boards ever. Mm-hmm. You know? 
but he can have a he can have a good defensive stick and just keep his body in the right position and, and try to cancel out you know opposing guys sticks um you know the best way that he's used is with a, is with a lot of offensive zone starts they've been able to been able to do that you know for in, in some of the recent games where they haven't been able to put him in situations where he gets overmatched defensively but i mean you know keep keeping it simple not uh, not trying to make some stretch passes that get picked off if the lane is there great because he is a, you know a creative passer but but don't force things that aren't there so i think i think in between you know playing better with his stick and his body positioning and and uh you know simplifying his passing games a little bit making making the five and ten foot pass that that's helped him this week but i mean listen his defense is never going to be what keeps him in the lineup you just want him out there to, to not kill you defensively and he hasn't this week and he's got seven points in, in 11 games that he's dressed. And they've been all seven legit points, too. Yep. And that's been a soft one in the bunch. So, you know, you, you know you know what he can bring you on the positive side. But, uh, you know, but, uh, but he has played better. He has certainly played better and, and deserves to be in the lineup, at least right now. Yeah, he doesn't have any of those like you'd Tyson Barry won the other night for Edmonton. You just drop it off to McDavid in your D yeah. zone, and then he goes coast to coast yeah. like he's playing uh, in a beer league and he's a pro player. Um, Bill, um, one of the guys – there's always a sure sign when guys are struggling to me because they can't get the puck off their stick fast enough, whether that's to pass it, setting it up. And right now, that's Travis Konechny. Um, he, he seems like he it's a grenade on his stick, and he just wants to get rid of it. And he, he's had some, some passes that just aren't hitting the mark. It, there's not a lot of patience in his game right now. And despite the, the good statistical start that he had to the season since the scratching, uh, he's moving his feet a lot better, but he still needs to find his game. He, he looks like a player to me that's really fighting it right now. Yeah, he, he looked like a very lost player at the point that he was he was scratched. Um, you know, the besides the two hundred foot game stuff, you know, besides the besides some of the defensive issues and and getting maybe cheating out of the zone a little early, some of those details. The other thing too was you weren't really losing offense the game they scratched him because, you know. Over the three previous games, he had zero scoring chances and one combined shot on goal for the three games. I mean, you need you need that's not his game. That's not his game. You need him using his speed, getting you know, getting to the circles, you know, uh, getting to the net. I mean, that's how he's that's how he got the hat trick early on. He was getting to the net. He, as you said, he's moving his feet better. Um, I I thought that the first game against the Bruins, I thought he actually uh, he was skating a lot better in that game. I, I I was. You know, he noticeably looked faster with the puck on his stick. Um, was forcing still some passes. Had no shots on goal. The one of his missed shots was very close to a goal. He, he barely missed the net on that one. But I, I think the last two games, I thought, okay, well, the starting point is that he, he looks fast again. You know, he's, he's using, you know, you, you notice him, you, you notice him using his quickness. But the puck on his stick the last two games, three games, really, you know, since he's been back, still needs, still needs improvement. I mean, it, it's going to be probably incremental. He's probably going to have a game where he he gets to the inside again and hits a post, or the goalie robs him a couple times, or whatever. And then when they then when they damn breaks, he you know he'll score and you know he'll score a bunch of goals in a short period of time again. But right now, right now he is fighting fighting it for sure. And I think you could say the same thing offensively also for uh, you know for uh, Patrick and to a lesser degree Lindholm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with those two players in particular. It's understandable the the adrenaline of the getting back and playing a, the initial part of a season wears off, and then you have to you have to settle back into being an everyday hockey player, and that's 
that's not not the easiest thing to do when they've played such little hockey, in particular Patrick over the past yep. Um, couple of seasons. Um, the week ahead, Bill, uh, they're going to they're going to tangle again with the Caps coming up on Tuesday at six o'clock, and then uh, you're gonna, I think it's the New Jersey Devils uh, that they'll take on. They'll get the Devils for two in Philadelphia, and then they'll do a traditional home and home uh, with the New York Rangers a couple of days in between with some of these scheduled tweaks. Uh, but they will have a little extra practice time in there as well. Uh, but you would, after that game again on Tuesday against the Caps, you would see, you see two what you would deem lesser opponents. Uh, the Flyers can really position themselves well before they see Boston in Lake Tahoe. Oh, for sure. No, no. Obviously, every opponent is dangerous. We saw what we saw what Buffalo did to the Flyers the, the first game with that back to back after the Flyers, you know, opened the season with two wins against the Penguins. You can you cannot take anybody for granted. And the two games in Jersey weren't easy ones either. No. So, but I mean, there are there are there are no gimmies in the schedule. But those are games that, if yes, at least on paper, you play the way you should. You should come away with wins in in most of them. And, you know, uh, I, I don't want to put points on it right now, but just, just saying that, yes, it is on the table there. Particularly if you, you can beat the Caps and, and take care of business and, the you know, against those two opponents, and you're really, 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 really well set up. With the changes to the schedule, um, and the Flyers weren't the only team affected, they had four games in total changed. But dare I say that the changes to the schedule kind of help them in a way, don't they? Because they, they give them a couple blocks there where they have a couple of days off. And then you can get, you know, players can get their, you know, CBA mandatory day off and also practice time to boot. No, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's so important. You know, we were just talking about the reasons why you, you, you know, the structure will, will start coming back into the game on a more consistent basis when you have, when you have that practice time. And, um, you know, and also too, you, you'll see it better in the pace of play within games. You, you, you play quicker, you think quicker. I mean, good practice habits lead to good game habits most of the time. And it's very hard to correct issues when you have very little practice time to do it. Um, Carter Hart is, you know, just a – many goalies thrive off of taking good practices into good games. But, but Carter in particular, I, I, do, I still don't think he's playing badly. But uh, I, I think that there have been some that uh, fall in that category of not soft but not unstoppable that have gotten yeah. past Carter that he, he can clean up. And I think you'll see that when he has a little bit more practice time, too. Yeah, especially him as a goaltender who uh, relies on rhythm and also the technical elements. Yep. And you need that practice time to, to get out there with your goalie coach, work on those things. And you're right, it, it's weird. Some of the goals, they're not soft goals. You go, okay, that, but that's one that he would say, I absolutely have to stop that. You know, like the Ovechkin one from the high point. I, I don't know what his visible line on that puck was at release or it's tracking to the net. Uh, but he sees a shot taken that far away. He's going to, I got to make that save. So it, it's a good point. And we'll kind of see how this plays out and we'll see where it goes. Uh, a little less hockey in the condensed period of time than we've seen in the first quarter of the season for the Flyers. And of course, the game coming up in Tahoe as well. Bill, thanks for doing this. Uh, great stuff. We're at the quarter pole. There's a long way to go still. Uh, but from a standing standpoint, they're in a good spot. From a process standpoint, they're improving. So I guess we're happy for today. I'll take that. Thanks to Bill Meltzer for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. By the way, Scott Lawton, who is the latest Flyer, third Flyer of the season to get a hat trick, he'll be on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you check that out as well. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's brand new episode of Flyers Daily.